The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by The Beeline. Visit YourSippingPoint.com by Michter's American Whiskies and Rack House Whiskey Club. Enter Fred at checkout to save $25. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Fred Minnick Show. I hope, you're had a, I hope you had a good week. I know I did. I did a lot of grilling with my son. That seems to be the one thing in this pandemic that's been very positive for, for my family and I is we're grilling more. I mean, we're uh, and we're also grilling with a bunch of different uh, woods that I've never, you know, we're, we're just picking up branches on a walk and throwing them in the grill. And you know what? Got to tell you, Bradford pear, you know, it, it yields a pretty nice little smoke. I like that flavor. But hey, this isn't a barbecue podcast. This is a, it's a podcast about music and, and whiskey and good drinks. So I better I better get to it. First, you need to know that the Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by the Rackhouse Whiskey Club. That is a whiskey of the month club on a mission to uncover the best flavors and stories that craft distilleries across the U.S. have to offer. They ship out full sizes, full size bottles, no sample sizes here, and cool merch directly to your door. And as always with Rackhouse Whiskey Club, shipping is free. Keep your shelves stocked with interesting whiskeys from around the country. Go to rackhousewhiskeyclub.com. That's rackhousewhiskeyclub.com to check out. Use the code FRED, that's F-R-E-D, my name, for $25 off your first box. So today's guest, I'm so excited. Chase Rice is this uh, incredible musician in, in the country space, former football player. Uh, he worked in pit crews and NASCAR. Um and he's, he's had an amazing career, you know, and was touring with Garth Brooks, and then COVID happens. So we talk a little bit about that, and we also get into what it was like to, to hit somebody on a football field and just had a, had a great, you know, back-and-forth conversation. And did he taste some good whiskeys? I'm telling you, he had some good stuff. Now, the trivia question is based on, always based on, where the musician is from, or you know, something to do with the musician and the connection uh, to whiskey. That is no different here. And of course, Chase is—he uh, went to North Carolina. So uh, I'm going to tell you that trivia question after the uh, a word from our sponsors. Imagine this: an experience centered around five Kentucky Bourbon Trail craft tour distilleries in northern Kentucky, the gateway to Kentucky bourbon. Add five amazing bourbon-centric bars and five delicious bourbon-focused restaurants, cultivating the freshest takes and culinary delights, and you are on the beeline. Start your trip today at findyoursippingpoint.com. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single-barrel whiskey as we do, Each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Okay, so really appreciate the sponsors and everything. You know, this is a this is a tough time to 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 be in media, and I know a lot of people uh, are pulling out of ad buys. You know, across all media. So I appreciate you all sticking with this podcast, and you've you've helped it grow, and you've helped make it uh, a special podcast. So this uh, this week's uh, trivia question is: What was? So we talked about moonshine a lot in the in the interview. And so the trivia question is based on Moonshine and North Carolina. And the question is, what was once what was what was once considered the moonshine capital 
of North Carolina. What was once considered the moonshine capital of North Carolina? Go ahead and give me that guess. Just uh, tweet at me or Instagram me at Fred Minnick, your your guess. And if uh, if you get it right, I'll send you a sticker. So and now enjoy the interview with the uh, with the great Chase Rice. How you doing, Chase? I'm good, man. Just enjoying some downtime and getting to finally enjoy some time at home. Uh, at the same time, this is getting old real fast. I'm ready to roll. Yeah. I mean, you're you're a guy who lives for the stage. You know, you're a hell of a performer, so I'll bet you miss it. Yeah, I mean, that's been our whole career is, is touring. Um, even before I ever had a success at radio, it was tour, tour, tour. And uh, that's kind of been our MO for eight years now. Um, so not being able to is a little weird. At the same time, I've enjoyed a lot of downtime. i enjoyed some time with some, some friends that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to make these memories with. So it's uh, – it's been a lot of fun, um, but uh, yeah, I'm ready to get back to shows here soon. Well, not just that, but you're like you, your entire life has been about events and being on the road, from football to uh, to NASCAR. I mean, you're probably someone that's very difficult to sit still for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I've gotten better about it. I you know try to take time out of every day, uh, even before all this, out of every day to just kind of chill and breathe and and do my morning thing. Um, so that's helpful for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, after so long, it's like, all right, it's time to get creative. And, and I mean, music is not like – sports is easy. I mean, sports is, doesn't make any sense without fans. Music um, definitely doesn't make any sense without fans because there's absolutely no reason to sing these songs or put music out or sing ever unless the fans are singing them back to you and, and – uh, and that's what music's all about for me. So, um, yeah, so we'll get back to it, I'm sure. It'll, this, uh, this whole thing will blow over at some point and, and uh, hopefully get back to normal life. Yeah. You have been playing quite a bit, though, virtually. What's that like? Is that – is it – I mean, I know it feels good, but is it does it feel a little bit more like a studio performance or does it feel like you're on stage? Uh, no, nah, it doesn't feel like you're on stage at all. It's like, oh, God. It's fun though. To, it's it's pushed me creatively to be a better guitar player to to play these songs just me and a guitar. Um, so that's going to implement its way into the live show whenever we do get back to live music here at some point. So that's been fun. It's helped me creatively. Like yesterday, I was in the in the bus studio with Lee Bryce and we were working on some stuff. Talked with Morgan Wallen about working on some stuff uh, together. So it's it's allowing your creativity starting to flow. Um, but it ain't anything like going on a stage in front of 20,000 people or 5,000 people or 500 people, whatever it is, as long as they're rowdy, singing your songs back to you. That's where, that's where the, the magic happens, you know. Yeah, I, your music can get them a little rowdy. I can see that. You, you also talk a little bit about uh, some whiskey and some beer in your, in your tunes. So uh, I, when, uh, when we started talking about getting you on the show, I was like, man, he – he may be the most perfect person to sit down and, you know, drink whiskey with, um, you know, and I know you're a big fan of Jack Daniels. And so you've got a good relationship with them. What is it? What, what do all do you do with, with Jack? I know you've done some concerts with him, but uh, I know there's yeah. a good relationship there. Yeah. I love drinking. I literally have a song called I like drinking because it's fun. Um, simple as that for me, but <laughs> Jack Daniels, man, we had a lot of people coming to me at the beginning of my career when it was real, real hot in the beginning. It was like Jim Beam or, or a couple other vodka companies, whatever. And I was like, y'all, I don't drink it. I drink Jack Daniels. That's what I'm, I'm not going to work with anybody that I don't, that isn't real, you know? Um, and Jack Daniels has been what I've drank for a long, long time. Um, that doesn't mean I won't drink any other whiskeys, any other drinks, period. But if it's going to be a sponsorship at that level type of thing, of, of that type of relationship, it's got to be real and it's got to be Jack Daniels because that's, that's my main drink. Um, before I was even with him, I got a uh, – I, I bought a barrel of my own 2015. I got the 19th barrel. Um, I've got a barrel of Barrel Proof now, which is 132.9 um, proof, which is crazy, <laughs> but it's it's – you throw it on a fire, it flames up. Um, so, yeah, I'm just a Jack Daniels guy, and it ended up working out. And I think it's me, Kay Michelle, and Eric Church are the only three that officially work with Jack Daniels on that level of a sponsorship deal. And, and that's just – that's that's a perfect relationship because that's uh, as real as it gets for me. 
Well, and today, you know, we're, uh, I've, got a, I've got a jack barrel that I'm, I'm going to send you as well. Uh, but today we're going to be, we're going to be going a little bit outside of, um, of Jack. Uh, and it. then with, you know, and then there's one that's a little bit like, you know, somewhat related to Jack Daniels, the sunk called Nearest Bottle. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But we have, we actually, I, I sent you a pretty, pretty good lineup. Probably, you know, this right here, this is probably going to be the most covered one. The Willet, the Willet 15-year-old. Yep. The uh, Bullet uh, Blender Select. This is actually on my short list for whiskeys of the year right now. And uh, we're going to kill a bottle together. The Old Fitzgerald 15-year-old. Uh, Love that. And this Got is, it all. Uh, this is my buddy's uh, brand uh, Pursuit Series 007. So yep. it was, it's a pretty, pretty good one. So let's uh, me up, man. Thank you. start... Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the great music. Um, I kind of want to start with the moonshine, just, you know, because who knows where that's going to take us, right? <laughs> but so I, uh, I was on the, uh, I've been on the, the show Moonshiners a couple times. And, and being on that show, I've actually started, you know, people just, you know, send me stuff. And this was this was a moonshine. This is completely illegal. And this right here. Yeah, this is like not that. something. It's not something that's sold in stores. But this guy, this guy made it and he aged it himself. And uh, he hasn't paid taxes on it. He probably made this on the cover of the night. And Good. this is legit moonshine. This is serious. Yeah, this is not that sweet stuff you buy at the store. No, this is just straight in a little jar there. Color, yeah. It's right here. So you know more about this process than I do, for sure. It's fun. This is gonna be fun for me to watch you. Well, when when it comes to when it comes to tasting, now you, I I like to I like to coach as much as uh, you know the guests would like me to. As a as a veteran consumer of the fine brown spirits, um, I will I will um, give you as much advice as you'd like. But I'll tell you one of the most important things about assessing whiskey is smelling it. A lot of people yeah. just kind of get it and kick it back, and they they skip a very important part of the process, and and that is that is smelling it. And when you smell it. Bring it to your nose, go side to side, and smell with your mouth open. By smelling with your mouth open, you can pick up more than just the alcohol. And by the way, you know, this guy made this out in, uh, I think he made this out in Georgia, and it's actually, it smells all right. Smells good to me. Yeah. That's more of a, a bourbon smell to it than I expected. Yeah, it's very oaky. It's got like yeah. some like, you know, like you just cut some fresh oak and throwing it on the fire. That's crazy, crazy smooth. I think no kick at all, no bite. Man. Like wow. None of that. Damn, well, that's I, good. That's <laughs> That's really good for a shiner. I mean, that's something that can be sold in the stores. Yeah, I mean, that's unbelievable. I wish I had a whole bottle of that. I might, I might uh, get you a. They, they, it, the shiners, they don't do it in bottles. You know, they like those. They got that mason jar thing. They've been keeping mason jars in business since uh, the 1930s. Yeah, I do have one massive bottle of clear moonshine. It's like, a, but it's actual bottle. It's got a little handle on. It's huge. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're right. Most of it's in a, a mason jar. Yeah, when stuff, you were in, when you were in North Carolina playing football, did you ever get any shine? Oh yeah, yeah, you get that stuff. But it's not typically. It's usually so sweet. It's always the peach or the apple pie or something like that. Because mm-hmm. North Carolina is like. Um, and it's probably the top moonshine state that's still going. Really? Either, either them or Virginia. 
Yeah. I'm proud. I'm proud of that. There's still, there's, it's in the culture in a lot of those places and, and the North Carolina alcohol laws are so bad, you know, it kind of opens it up a little bit. And can you explain to me a little about, about these cups? So this is, this is the, uh, the Glencairn. This is the Glencairn. Yeah. It is a, uh, it's made in Scotland. It is absolutely my favorite uh, uh, whiskey glass. And you get, um, you get, it basically, it hits the nose right, it hits the tongue right, and it looks, it looks real pretty when it's filled with, with bourbon and you take a photo of it, you know? It's just, uh, it's just a perfect, to me, it's yeah, a perfect whiskey glass. It doesn't let the uh, gases or something out, right? Well, what, As yeah, much. so it, what, what it, what it does not, what, what, two things it does. One is it does it, it like contains, like you swirled around and the aromatic properties are kind of hovering like right there and you can, uh, you can smell it. And then a lot of the, a lot of the glasses will have only like the higher alcohols will kind of escape. A lot of those like, uh, you know, putrid smells will, will escape. A regular glass like this? Yeah, so, something like that or like uh, like a wine glass. And, yeah. and you, know, you know, you don't want that. You want to be able to smell it for, for all it is. You know, you don't want the whiskey to be uh, protected by the glass. You want, to, you want to get it for what it is. So I just poured myself some of this Bullet Blender Select right here. Gotcha. Oh, you got this one out. I can't even tip that at all. You filled this one all the way up. Yeah, actually, I think I spilled a bunch of it when I when I did that. So what I do is I, I actually I actually pour these for my guests, and and I try to I try to make each one differently so I'm not tasting the same thing over and over and over again. And uh, I'm beginning to realize that I kind of put myself without even knowing it. I have like a pattern of like how I like to taste things with people. And so yours is the first like breakaway from my interviews of where I'm sending something different. You're the first person to taste something, uh, taste moonshine with me. So oh, really? that, was, that was a bit of a gamble. But, I gotta be uh, honest with you, I'm shocked. I can't believe how, it, it, first of all, it tastes like bourbon to me. Yeah, I think they probably made it in, in, the, in the way of bourbon, but it's, that, yeah, that moonshine was good. So this is, uh, Stings the nostrils a bit. So the proof on this is 100 proof. You have any idea what the moonshine was? 120. So my Jack Daniels barrel proof that I got is a uh, 132.9, I think. Yeah, that's um, almost hazardous. <laughs> so on this i get a little bit of peach and a little bit of brown sugar it's definitely fruitier i i don't know i don't know the terms and all that but yeah it's definitely fruitier and i like it, it smells great mm. okay that feels good on the palate It's almost creamier, yeah. Like te texture-wise. Do you uh, do you ever sip a little bourbon before you get on stage, or Jack uh, before you get on stage? Typically, I'll just I'll just make like a Jack and Coke, um, so it's not you don't it's not like this. Um, my goal when I'm on stage is typically not not to taste much. It's more just to feel good. <laughs> Yeah. So you get the Jack and Coke. You get the sugar that jacks you up a little bit to get on stage. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I man, my my sipping nights are usually at home. That's when I'm I'm partying my ass off out on the road. Um, like I said, I get the sugar in there that gets you the energy you need to go on stage um, and feel just feel good. Um, at home is when I get, especially a buddy of mine, Mike. He was actually he was a Navy guy and he's big on cigars and big on bourbon. So he'll come over, we'll sip, sip on a sip on something. He teaches me a lot about cigars too. So I didn't know much about cigars before this quarantine. He's one of the buddies I've been hanging with. So 
we've had some nights where we've sipped on plenty of bourbon. He he knows what he's doing for the most part. So it's uh, it's fun nice. when you can actually get talking about it. It is nice. It is nice to, and that's that's one of the things I've been doing these uh, nightly tastings, um, and it's like we gather like together and uh, sip bourbon together. But, you know, a lot of that has been, you know, taken away from us for the large part. Uh, but fortunately, virtually, you can still do, you can still do a lot of cool stuff. You know, you can have yeah, like a bourbon club through Zoom. This is great, dude. I, I, it will be cool to come back and do this one day uh, in person. But I'd say the person who taught me the most about what we're doing right now is uh, Jeff Arnett. He's a master distiller number seven over there at Jack. And him Jeff and I sat is, Jeff's the best, man. Oh, he's unbelievable. He's he taught me a, all this stuff. He's the reason guy. I have these uh, mm -hmm. uh, these fancy glasses, the Glen Karen. I'm such a fan of uh, of, of Jeff. He's um, he he's not only like like a great distiller, he's an amazing human being. You know, unbelievable human. You know, and he's one of the. He actually. He actually uh, uh, tunes into all my stuff, and he and he just he always writes me these wonderful notes. And you know, a lot of a lot of people say something like, "Oh, great show, or whatever." But, like they didn't really listen to it, right? Or they didn't watch it. Greg's like sight, or uh, uh, Jeff's like sighting from the actual show. So yeah, uh, that, well, hopefully he sees this one. Yeah, oh, he's, he he's the first guy that taught me a lot about all this flavors. I've actually. My second, my barrel proof uh, that I got from them was um, him and I actually chose the right. And I was like, I didn't want to. I said, don't tell me anything. I don't want to hear your opinion. I want to choose it myself. And he was uh, he was all on board. He's like, oh, you don't want to hear what I think. I want this to be your choice. And uh, we ended up choosing the same barrel. So that was cool to have the, you know, have, have the tip of the hat or, you know, yeah. Tip of the hat from uh from You got guy. you got confirmation there that you know you maybe your palate's all right. Yeah, my palate's okay. That's right. So now I'll go back to the moonshine after tasting that legitimate whiskey. See if it smells or tastes any differently to you. I mean it's just it's completely different obviously um it's it has no kick to it whatsoever i was really really expecting like a whole nothing i the mean they didn't, add, me, didn't, they didn't add kerosene so that's good that's good <laughs> man i'd love to go to an actual moonshine still where they just see how it's made like right there in the mountains of carolina or mountains of tennessee or something that'd be a lot of you can arrange that. That'd be fun. You got a, you got a conceal carry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might want to bring it. <laughs> hey, I need to talk to you at some point. I want to get some some barrel houses or something up in my uh, in my woods so I can take people over and be like, hey, y'all, check out my check out. I thought moonshine still would be a lot of fun actually. What do you? Uh, what kind of uh, trees you got back there? Got a lot of cedars. Um, a lot of pines. Cause you might be able to, uh, you might be able to like, if you had some good oak back there, you know, let let a uh, let a cooperage come in and and pluck a few, pluck a few uh, trees to make a barrel out of. You know, that would be awesome. They'd have to come. I don't know trees that well, so. Yeah, they. If you've got if you got more than forty acres, you probably got a couple oaks that are uh, ready. I got a hundred. 152 so they should be able to go in there and find something that'd be oh, awesome yeah. i just think it'd be really fun to be able to take people into the woods and like like have different stops along the way have trails and this one stops at like a a writing cabin or something like that and this one's my actual like where we actually make moonshine or something like that that'd be a lot of fun obviously it takes yeah. work it's all good down the road so up next i'd like you to pour two of them because there's I'm gonna pour the uh the uncle nearest and then the pursuit uh number two or seven number seven and reason being is that these are 
these uh, whiskeys uh, are, are very similar. And, you know, I'm normally not very big on stories and all that. Um, but uh, Uncle Nearest has a pretty cool story. You should check that out if you get a second. It's related to Jack Daniels, actually. Uh, the, the, the kind of a, the hero of that brand was the, was the former enslaved person, uh, Nearest Green, who taught D. Jack Daniel how to distill. And there's like this beautiful story about how, you know, Jack was, you know, looked up to him and how they were friends and, uh, and all that. And if you go to Jack Daniels, they actually have a commemorative area uh, to Nearest Green. And really? you know, it's a definitely a big part of like, you know, their, their history. But it, it, to me, it's one of those stories of like, if you go back to the 1860s or 1870s, uh, you know, Jack just kind of shows you the kind of human being like Jack Daniel was, you know, he was like a, he was a pretty good person by, by all the accounts that you can find. About really? Him. That's cool, man. So this is the guy that taught Jack everything he knows, huh? Right. So, yeah, that smells, yeah, I'm smelling the bullet. The bullet doesn't, this smells a lot more like a Jack Daniels. Now, they're both from uh, these two products. Now, they can't tell you this because they sign like NDAs and stuff, but these are both sourced whiskeys uh, that came from, um, uh, Tullahoma, Tennessee, aka uh, George Dickel. George That's Dickel right. puts a lot, put a lot of, puts a lot of their stuff up on the source whiskey market. Yeah. So how's this different than George Dickel? Then what do they do differently? You know, they might do something like add water. You know, they could have like a different blend, like the the Uncle Nearest one. You know, some of their products they are their blends, and they can have like other distilleries in there. Uh, but basically. That's part of like the, that's part of like the uh, the whiskey business is distilleries sell their stuff all the time. You know, they put it out on the open market. Jack Daniels doesn't do that, I don't think. They do not because the demand is pretty pretty strong for their stuff. They, and that's you know Jack is uh, Jack is the most like uh, counterfeited brand in whiskey in American whiskey. Yeah, you, know, you you go like in you know Japan or Korea, some of those not Japan but Korea or China, where counterfeiting is really common. They get counterfeited really hard over there. Really. Yeah. So on this uh, on this pursuit at, at, at Jack, I've gone and they they open up their uh, the big metal tin things, whatever those are called, fermenting, mm -hmm. where they're fermenting the whatever right. it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I get a lot of that in this pursuit. It tastes like those you, when you slide those open and breathe that in. You get the fermentation room? Yeah. That's a, that's a very astute note there, Chase. I've, hey, uh, I've, ex I've expressed that several times. That a boy. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm going to have to add you to like my, um, my tasting team now. Look at that. Yeah, and anything that I say is is just what I'm feeling. I'm 100% listening to you on all this stuff. But that's, but that's the thing about the, the thing about tasting is is like, I mean, yeah, I do this for a living, but what I taste is going to be different than what anyone else tastes. And you've got to right. you've got to find your your own palate and think about like all the things you've had in your life, the potato chips you like, um, you know, the cornbread that your your grandma made, the, you know whatever it is that your family made that you remember and taste and, and cherish, you can find that in whiskey. Yeah. It's gotta be looking. Huh? What are you on right now? What you got in here? So I poured the uncle nearest. Yeah. And I'm tasting it up against the pursuit series. Yep. Making sure. So the Uncle Nearest, I got a little more fruit, smell-wise. It's definitely sweeter. 
um, the pursuit series is quite a bit more, um, you know, earthy and digital. Um, like the mash. Yeah. It's like, um, like dried orange peel and citrus there. The pursuit definitely burned more than any of the other ones so far. Ooh, smoky on the back end. Ah, I like that. Huh. Mm. I really dig that Uncle Nearest there. All right, so you got to pick. Are you picking the uh, the Uncle Nearest or Pursuit series on this little taste off here? I'd go Uncle Nearest for sure. Okay. It's uh now that's just I mean the to me the pursuit has more flavor, more a lot more kick. It's the first one that burns on the way down of any of these, even the moonshine. Uh, so if you want that, I, I know buddies who want who love that. They they prefer that the more flavor. Like my buddy when I got my I got barrel nineteen in two thousand fifteen, he got seventeen. His had a lot more. His had more flavor, more kick. But mine was the smoothest tasting whiskey to that point I'd ever tasted in my life. I mean, absolutely no kick at all. And, uh, you know, perfect Jack Daniels flavor. But So you like you like to feel it on your tongue, like a little, be a little bit like butter, just kind of like dripping all around and everywhere? That was like bullet. Bullet did that for me. Mm. Yeah, I like less kick. I mean, for me, it's like the more it burns, the more I – in my – mentality i'm like ah, that's gonna jack up my voice worse than anything so the less the smoother it is the more it helps me relax and know that i'm not jacking up my voice people are uh, here people talk about whiskey and how much it how good it is for your throat and all that voice it's the exact opposite it's so bad for you <laughs> but i love it so much it's all good i mean yeah it can, it can like dry your voice out um it could also like move like some mucus and things but i'm not a doctor so yeah. i know, will say the, the if I sing after all this, in the moment, it's great. But it's doing damage to your vocal cords because it's dried them out, too. It allows you to relax and allows you to actually sing better. But then the next day, you wake up and you're like, damn, I feel like I lost my voice last night because you beat the hell out of it and dried it out. Yeah. But it's worth you gotta, it. You got you to pay attention to that, you know. I had vocal surgery, so I'm a professional when it comes to trying to figure out how much I can drink and still have my voice. I figured oh, that one out. Oh, damn. You had vocal surgery? When did yeah. that happen? 2015. Wow. So I decided to to fix it with, by buying my own barrel. <laughs> at the end of the day, you figure it out. You sing different. You learn how to talk different, and uh, it's it's all worth it in the end. Now, I mean, did you did you feel different coming out of the surgery or? Hundred. Oh yeah, way different. I remember the first time I talked. I was like, "Whoa, that feels weird." Um, and that was about two weeks after the surgery. Um, I still have one polyp on my other vocal cord that I didn't take off. So that's, uh, it still bothers me some, still allows me to lose my voice a little easier than most people. But yeah, I'm a much, I can, I have a lot more stamina in my voice these days. There's a lot of stuff that I can't do, like rolling melodies and stuff, but you know, whatever. You deal with it and move on. I mean, yeah, that's kind of your, um, you know, like your, your, your background. You, you are kind of an overcomer and um you know one of um you you work pit crews uh in, in nascar did you ever get hit by a car or anything like that no uh real close one time on my foot but it didn't hit me um i had buddies that got hit though and it messes it messes you up i mean it's gonna shatter your leg it's gonna crack your bones it's gonna really mess mm -hmm. you up it was a it's a dangerous job i mean you're out there and you don't you don't see it on TV when you see it you don't think about it you're like oh pit stop all right they're out but you're running out in front of a car going 60 miles an hour or 50 miles an hour so it's dangerous but it makes it all right more what's uh what's a bigger adrenaline rush being in uh, a NASCAR pit or being on the stage with 50,000 screaming fans uh It's so different because 
on a stage, it's an hour and a half. You know, you're out there, you're sweating, you're putting in the time. It's 13 seconds at a time in NASCAR. The car comes in, and if you screw up, it's 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 going to be known. You're going to let your teammates down. You're going to let your t- uh, the driver down. Um, so I'd say it's more fun for sure to be a singer. You go out there, and it's just relaxing. It's more I, I can't say relaxing because the last show that I did was was with Garth Brooks in Detroit, and that wasn't relaxing at all. That was intense. That was high energy. That was, damn, there's 70,000 people. Don't screw up. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, more adrenaline, I would say, at one time, real quick, NASCAR. But the better payoff is for sure music. You go out there and you get done with the show and you're like, damn, we just did that. Best team in the world. That's awesome. All right, so what about, like, in comparison to, uh, to football? Like, I remember thinking that I could play college football because I played in high school. I was pretty good. I got on a couple of recruiting trips. And then I'm sitting down eating lunch um, with, with, with these guys that are like 15 feet tall, I feel like, and their muscles with like the size of my chest. And I was like, I, they're going to – they would kill me if I, if I played. So, I mean, there's – you know, I mean, if you get a moment in college football like you did, and you play for a major, you know, D1 school – for a pretty great coach. Yeah. I mean, that had to be a moment, too. That had to be some good adrenaline. Nothing beats it. Not even the stage. Nothing beats that. I mean, because then you're – because you put so much work into it. You're with your boys. It's you're sweat all year, bleeding all year. You're, you're giving everything to the game. And you're, you're doing it not just for yourself and to be the best player you can be. You're doing it for your teammates, too, to try to win. Um, so, when that all comes together and you hit a – big sack to help your team win the game or an interception and the whole 70,000 people erupt at one time. So it's more of a wave like this, but the highs are real, real high. Um, the highs are real high in music, but for me, that does not compare to college football. That's the best sport in the world, I think, um, with the best atmosphere in the world. And the highs are so high, the lows are so low that you can't beat that. Um, there's nothing worse than a loss. There's nothing better than a win. Um, so, and you're living in the moment. And music's that way, too. I'm not to knock music, but there's nothing like being with your teammates and, and uh, coming up with a big play to help you win the game. I feel like music has quite a few bit more, like, uh, plans that, that work, whereas, you know, college football, it's like, all right, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And then you get tackled and punched in the face. You're like, oh, shit, we got to do something else. <laughs> we got to change it up. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I, I, some of our best games we ever played, we got punched in the mouth in the first quarter and our game plan went completely out the window and you adjust and then all of a sudden, holy shit, this worked. Let's keep doing it. And then you figure them out and you end up stopping them. Um, that's why you'll see a lot of teams, if you notice, they'll score on the first drive and then they won't score again the rest of the game. It's because the defense got punched in the mouth, and, but then they figured they tried something different and figured it out. So it's uh, – yeah, sports is definitely, like I said, it's, it's more like this. Like, oh, shit, we're way up here. Then, oh, my God, we were about to win three seconds ago. What just happened? So, yeah. All right, so what what wins, defense or offense? What wins championship, championships? Championships, defense, 100%. I don't know, man. These days it's like, you know, you, you, you tackle them too hard, you get called for a roughing the cuticle, you know? <laughs> Dude, it's brutal. Uh, I, I understand that they're trying to protect players, but I'll, I'll say this. All the new equipment doesn't help. It's uh, It helps the person hitting. I remember the first time I put on the new Rydell helmet, um, I hit our fullback and I just smoked him. And I, my first thought was, holy shit, that didn't, I didn't feel a thing. And it was great for me, but that allows me, the next play, to hit him even harder, hit him even harder. And then somebody comes in. We're both expecting that. So we're not only are we hitting each other harder, but imagine the next play when a wide receiver comes across the middle and I poke him in the side of the jaw because I'm not feeling anything because his helmet's so good. And then all of a sudden he's knocked out on the ground. That's, that's where the equipment's starting to be a little too good for these. That's why all this hitting's happening so much harder these days. Players are more freaks and the equipment's that much better. You don't see that type of stuff in rugby because they're smart. They got to protect their bodies. When football, this new equipment is allowing people to get messed up even more. I played a little, little rugby. Did you play rugby? Play I've never rugby? played rugby. Huh? I've watched some over in Australia, but I've never played it. I tell you what, it's a lot of fun, and you do get to hit people hard. But man, it's an it can be an ankle killer. So, 
Yeah, I mean, the rugby players are some of the toughest players in the world, uh, 100%. Like wrestlers, yeah, they, they're kind of the same thing. They're tough. They got to have the wind to be able to run around all day. And, and they're, yeah, wrestlers and rugby players are probably two of the toughest in the world. Well, and now we're, we're getting down to the, to, the, to the main event for our stuff. You brought up wrestling. You know, the, uh, a face-off between two kind of stellar 15-year-old whiskeys. And we got a, uh, the old uh, Fitzgerald. And then we have the uh, Willett family estate bottle, which... You know, let me see how many bottles there are of this. There are only 1,200 of this one. In the world? Like uh, made, period? Yeah, yeah, 1,200 period of this one. You always hear people going crazy about, like, um, Pappy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry, only 129 bottles. This was barrel. Uh, 1216. So this this is actually a single barrel. This isn't a. I'm sorry. It's a single barrel, 129 bottles. Period. Well, let's make sure that I take that one in. <laughs> and then the oh, we're killing. Where do you this, get all uh, these from? Where do you get all these from? Uh, well, I buy. I mean, some are gifts. Uh, this one was a gift from uh from a from a good friend. Uh, I'm all, as a critic, I also get uh, samples sent to me, and yep. um, you know I have to assess them. Uh, it's, it's work, so someone's got to do it. You know. Oh yeah. Good job. Do you get? You the right, do you get? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you you, right you think that? Yeah. You 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 think that when I was in high school, you know, there was that spot to say, "All right, you're going to be a professional whiskey taster." That that didn't exist. Didn't exist in college either. You know, it was. Uh, That's great. Hey, you, you guarantee you the reason it didn't exist is because the entire high school would sign up for it. Yes, without a doubt. Burnout would have been real quick too. <laughs> Which one are you going first? Uh, I'm going to taste the old Fitzgerald first. This is 100 proof. Now, this is a bottle and bond, and the bottle and bond is a historic term, goes back to 1897. It was our uh, country's very first Consumer Protection Legislation Act. And it meant it had to be at least four years old, uh, 100 proof, distilled at one distillery in one distilling season. There's some other things, but it basically protected consumers from a lot of unsavory practices of the time. People were adding things like uh, prune juice and rattlesnake heads and tobacco spit to basically trying to change the color and they would still call it like uh, bourbon. I gotta say the uh, uncle nearest is the closest nearest to this old Fitz and, and the Willet I think as far as smell goes. Like the, uh, the pursuit smells absolutely nothing like it. Jeez. These are some great whiskeys right here. That old Fitz is good stuff, man. I like the smell of the old Fitz more than the than the Willet. Man, that Willet's good. Yeah. The Willet had yeah, a lot of... Go ahead. I was going to say, the Willet had a lot more bite to it than the, uh, the Fitz. Now, it could also be me tasting it wrong. I don't know. Like I, I, I no. know the Willet, and I kept yeah, my mouth open. Let's take a look at what you're calling bite. Because yeah. I think I always feel like there's a, there's a difference between bite and spice okay. and what we would consider spice is uh you know like cinnamon or tabasco or pepper and 
go back to those moments of where you feel like it's uh, where it's a bite and ask yourself, does it hit your palate like a baking spice or is it uh, burning like a nine volt battery? And once it's Burn. down the hatch, if, if it's burning like right here, then, then it's not smooth for you. Right. That's what I mean by bite when I say that burn. And the Willet burned similar to the Pursuit. So the Willet is 118 proof? Yeah, like the old Fitz has none of that. Smooth like butter. All right, I so mean, even, got... smell, even smelling this one, the, uh, the Willet, it smells like it's going to burn. Mm. It stings the nostrils kind of thing. Now, I didn't breathe as much on that, on that time around on the Willet, mm -hmm. so it didn't have as much burn. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd say the Willet has the most flavor of any of these to me, like just strongest flavor, period. Um, but it doesn't burn as much as the Pursuit. But the Fitz and the Willet, the Fitz for me is way more smooth than the Willet. So you have to pick. You're going Willet or Fitz? I'll go Fitz. Okay. So now let's bring in Let's bring in um, what was your second? What 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 would you put up against this? The uh, the Uncle. No, Darius? I mean the the Willet for sure. Okay, so so but outside of that, do you want to bring it back? Come back to the moonshine a little bit. And see, <laughs> like I can, almost can't even smell the moonshine now. It smells like I don't want to say hideous to me, but it just smells so different. It's like, I'm not even in the mood to smell this. Yeah, it it's definitely, like, I mean, it's not even in the same ballpark. As no, far as it smells like I was by a campfire all night the night before, and it's what my clothes smelled like. The know? bullet blender, blended is, it smells like soap to me now. Now it smells like soap? Yeah, crazy. So you the had, pursuit, you had the pursuit, I still get that 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 uh ferment fermenting room smell 100 percent. that's not yeah that's a, that's not a bad smell no nah, i mean i pref i probably would have used to hated it but now i'm like ever since i've been to the distilleries and stuff i'm like nah mm -hmm. every time i walk into that room i love it that's great uh i would say See, that one made me cough. That was Uncle Nearest. I'm trying to breathe more while I'm sipping, so getting a lot more. Now let me try the Pursuit. Chase Rice, ladies and gentlemen, doing his, uh, his analytical tasting here, doing it right. The Pursuit, I got to say, it's, it's, I mean, is that a corn, like that mash uh, fermentation? Is that a corn thing? Oh, well, you know, I mean, they all, they all have to do that, you know, fermentation like that. Uh, but this one would be a little higher in corn. Let's see if they put this, the, this uh, I taste corn in the pursuit. Yeah, it, it's definitely, and this, it's a 14 year old, uh, definitely going to have, let me get into it again. Man, that will, it's insane. I, I gotta be honest. That's really good. I might change my pick between the Fitz and the Willet. Uh-oh. Is that an illegal move? No, not at all. That's, that's what happens in tastings. The good thing is, is I've had two tastings before where I actually bought barrels, which there's pressure in that. Like, it, it's a yeah, it's a don't, don't mess this up type of thing because um, you're paying a lot of money, 15 grand for these barrels. Um, yep. And I feel like both times I've made the exact right decision. Um, and then I did question it on the first one. I was like, dang, Connor, send me some of your 17 barrel. And I taste the difference. It's still, I, I'm still very happy with my choice. 
So let me let me make one final call here on the fits of the Willet. God, that fits is smooth to me. So I have to tell you something, Chase. I drank yeah. all my I drank all my old Fitzgerald while we were doing this. Oh, so you're out. I'm out. But it it is you basically. Let me see if I can help you make the decision. Yeah. You're basically looking at you're looking at like um, an acoustic versus a heavy guitar set. You know, you're looking at a lot of um, both have depth to them, yeah. but in different ways. And one will go really, really well with a complex cigar. The other one will overpower just about everything that you touch. You know, and that's the Willet, I'm assuming. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the Willet. The Willet is a tonight for me, and I've tasted this before. Tonight it is tasting uh, really, really powerful. You know, quite complex and just gorgeous. Whereas yeah. the old Fitzgerald Bottle and Bond, nuanced, uh, loaded with flavor, and um, man, like butter. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's my thing. If I had to choose one, and I was actually buying a barrel and putting steak in the game, uh, I'm going the old Fitz, fifteen. All right. There you go, everybody. You got to see the hand torn label there if you're watching this on YouTube or Twitch. Well, the so Willet is uh, the Willet is great, but it'd be like the hey, buddy, come over with the bottle of Willet. Like I want to, I want to try that. I want to have some of that tonight. I wouldn't want to have it all the time. Um. If I'm comparing the two, if I'm not comparing the two, give it to me all day long. Yeah. But the the one that I want to drink more is the old fist. You got any left? Just a little bit? Just a little bit. All right. We get more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> You've gone dry. Yeah, I'll see if we can get you a, bot a special bottle there. But, uh, yeah, that old man. fist is, is awesome stuff. I, it was all good. Now it's funny, yeah. Going back to the uh, the bullet, the old uncle nearest um, and the pursuit are very, very, very different to me. Like I said, the pursuit is very corn and uh, fermentation mm -hmm. to me, which is unique. But I wouldn't want to have that all the time. Uncle nearest is more of a. It reminds me more of the Willet, to be honest. Um, but the one, yeah, this this fits is uh, yeah, the moonshine. I don't even. It's over here, set to the side. Bullet blended. Yeah, that's one that tastes smelled like soap. It's kind of strange. Oh, it also tastes like it has some coke in it or something. Like I'm getting a lot of weird, weird things going on with that bullet blended. Like cola coke or like the illegal drug coke. The cola coke. <laughs> That'd be real interesting if it was the other way. I don't know. What, I don't even know what that smell. Does it have a smell? I mean, I don't know. We I'm not a Coke guy. I'm not yeah, sure, to be honest. It, it can't have too strong of a smell, otherwise you're taking it right in, the, right in your smell zone. Yep. So, that are you in the middle? That unbelievable, man. I mean, I'm like, I'm like jealous because I didn't save myself any. I, I, but I'm glad I treated you right. I sent you, I sent you as much as I could. I have the least amount of this. I will say that the other ones were all full. This one wasn't, um, but I don't. That's that's now I know why. So what is the what are what is what's next for you? Like I mean, you're like you've been on the on the steady climb, getting to you know a tour with Garth Brooks, or at least you know a little bit. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, we got another show coming. Uh, if if they let us tour again ever. Um, right now, I'm putting out May 15th this week, this Friday. I'm putting out uh, uh, part two of my album. My album is called The Album. We did part one. We're doing part two. We'll have part three, four at some point later this year. Um, but it's all up in the air right now. I'm, gonna, I'm 
I feel like a lot of people are putting the foot on the brakes, you know, putting albums out later, saving their albums. Uh, my mindset is not that. My mindset is I want to put the foot on the gas and, and go. Um, so whenever they do let us tour again, I'm going to have new music. I'm going to have a whole new set. I'm going to have a whole new everything, and we're going to be ready to roll because, um, I, I, to me, music is one of the coolest things that the world's ever seen. I mean, it hasn't been a very long time that, that we've been in this era of being able to record music. So it's, it's really cool to be able to get to do what I do. I, I love what I do. So when I finally can go back and tour again, that's what it's all about. It's not about making these songs for myself. It's not about making these songs for, for people to hear on speakers. That's a huge part of it. But music for me never really came to life as a fan until I saw a live show. So I'm excited as, a, as an artist now to be able to do live shows and, and let this music, my music come to life and see these people singing these songs back to me. So as soon as they yeah. let us go, I'm going. You know, it breaks, it breaks my heart for musicians because, you know, not only do we want to see you, but, I mean, it's like in your soul. Like, yeah. if, you all, if you all can't get on stage and sing and express that beautiful art, I mean, it's almost depressing. You know, it can really, it can bring you down. Well, I think the key is... In, in anything in life, whether you're an athlete, whether you do what you do, is to not find your identity in what you do. Um, if you do that, you're in trouble. Um, and I did that for years, but uh, luckily for me, before this hit, I've, I've had a lot of work going to myself as a person, which has actually helped me as an artist too. But yeah, it's a not, my entire identity is not music. So now that it's ripped away from me, it's, it's, uh, it sucks and it's a bad situation. But that doesn't lead you into the spiraling, oh, my God, what am I going to do, depression. Um, whereas before, it probably would have. Um, so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that I'm not solely reliant on my joy and who I am as a, as a person relying on my music. At the same time, um, I'm ready to do it. I'm excited to go back and do it. So it, it's not a spiraling down or deep depression, thank the good Lord. But... Uh, I, I am excited for the day that I get to do it again. Uh, uh, on the other side of that, it's out of my control, so I'm going to keep enjoying the moment while I'm in it. Um, and I've heard so many times people are saying, I'm ready for 2021. I'm, this is 2020 is the worst year ever. I'm like, y'all are crazy, man. Uh, I'm sitting here tasting bourbon over Zoom. We couldn't have done that years ago, you know. It's, it's, uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. Enjoy it while it is because 2021 is not coming any faster whether you want it to or not. So. I'm excited about now, um, especially because I am able to put out new music. Let's go. Y'all turn it up, listen to it, learn the songs, and then we'll play them live when they let us. You brought up, you know, there are other things that bring you joy in your identity. What is it that brings you joy that you do bring, you know, that you consider who you are, Chase Rice? Yeah. Uh, well, God, first of all, and I'm not the guy that's going to sit up on a corner and preach that. That's not my thing. Um, but you asked, so that's it. Simple as that. God, um, and that's what I said earlier. I was like, I, I spend my times in the morning doing my morning thing. And that's what, that's what God right there is. All right, God. I, I mean, it's, it's a tough time in life because I've got 16 employees. That at some point, if this keeps going, I'm going to have to have the conversation. Y'all, I can't keep paying you because I'm out of money. <laughs> Like businesses are run by cash flow, and, and when that cash flow doesn't come in, it can't go out. So I'm gonna have to have that conversation. And, and the thing that's keeping me sane through that is, all right, God, I'm here again today. How can we deal with this? Tough times, but I know you. I know you're listening. Um, and then my family, 100%. My mom, my brothers, my niece, my nephew, um, both nephews. Um, all that. Simple as that. Um. It's, uh, I've been blessed in life to be able to do what I love. I've been blessed, but the main thing that I've been blessed with is the people that I get to do it, you know, live life with. Well, Chase, I, I got to tell you, man, I've enjoyed this immensely. I've been a big fan of yours. I'm so excited to see you uh, getting the op. Not, not, not many people get the opportunity to work with Garth Brooks. I know. Uh, that's, and, and that was, and when I think about, you said what well, brings you joy, it's like that was an unbelievable experience. 
Um, but it was unbelievable because my family was there. They got to come into the locker room afterwards and say, oh, my. And I got to look out and see them. My niece holding up a big sign that she didn't know any better. All she did was do a stick figure of herself and it said, Addy. Like, <laughs> she just wanted to show, hey, I'm right here. Um, was that so the that, is that the one where uh, they put the uh, you put on Instagram like my first uh, concert was with uh, Uncle Chase and Garth, Garth and Uncle Chase yeah Garth actually signed that we sent it to him I signed it and then uh, he ended up signing it and putting a letter to Walker who was his first concert first concert he ever and he's he's six eight months he's not gonna remember it but um, yeah that was what made that day so special and the fact that it was also with the artist that I first saw in concert ever. Um, uh, it'll be a day that I'll never forget. If that did, <laughs> it was my last show. If that ever ended up being my last show, um, it'd be a good one to end on. But it is not, and um, nope. I know we're gonna have many more to come. Grab the, the grab the whatever you got left that you want to toast with, and you know I know I know we can't clean glasses. I know we can't be in the same room together. But you make that noise. By God, we can right. But yeah. man, what a, what a pleasure to spend some time with you today. And I, you've got a lot of great things ahead. Your career is only just beginning, and um, I, I'm I'm so excited for you. You've got a lot of great things coming. So everybody, go check out that album uh, dropping actually as soon as this podcast is. So as soon as this podcast comes out, then go listen to it. But what what else? Where else can people find you? Uh, yeah, Spotify, iTunes, app, uh, Amazon. It's all over the place. YouTube. Um, wherever they listen to music, just listen. I don't care how people listen to it. I don't care if they buy it, stream it, rip it offline illegally. It doesn't matter. As long as you know the music and come show up and, and hang out, sing, sing songs live, I'm happy. So cheers to that, man. Yeah, I got the uh, old fits. I got a little bit left, so. I'm cheers. And I'm that. all out of the old fits, so I'm grabbing to uh, uh, the Willet. And I'm toasting my friend uh, Chase Rice, man. Congrats on all your success. I look forward to the future, man. Cheers. Fred, it's good talking to you, man. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. God, that's the best. <laughs> good stuff. Isn't that something? I mean, think about this. He gets major, you know, vocal surgery or, or on his vocal cords, and he's still at the top of his game. And not only that, he's he, he's motivated. Uh, he's someone who doesn't uh, doesn't give up, and this is – you know, I got a lot of um, energy out of that from him on, you know, dealing with the pandemic. So Chase Rice, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you're checking out his stuff, his new album titled Album Part 2. Album Part 2 drops today. So make sure you're going to your streaming devices and listening to that because it'll help you get through the day. And he's such a talented, talented musician. You want to make sure you're supporting uh, great talent like that. So Go check out Chase Rice, and once again, thanks to uh, Chase and his team for for helping make that uh, interview possible. Now, for the trivia question, what was once considered the moonshine capital of North Carolina? If you said Wilkes County in the mountains, you would be right. Now, that was considered the moonshine capital uh, for a very long time, but that was until they decided to start growing marijuana. And that area was kind of became like a, um, it became a marijuana kingpin. You know, in the 70s, they would find like 30,000, 50,000 plants at a time in there. And uh, this is a, this was a quote from a Sheriff Bill G. Anderson in, um, in Wilkes County in 1976. He said, marijuana is easier and brings in more money than moonshine so there you have it that uh, moonshine capital switched to to marijuana i'd be curious to know if the marijuana growers kept it up during uh during the rise of meth because usually so that is that is typically the the trends in these areas either um, they keep making moonshine or they convert over to meth but it's like marijuana growers have kind of you know, they've kind of fallen out of fashion in some of these places because it's become legalized and their talents have been used elsewhere. But anyway, I, I digress. I digress. That was um, <laughs> that was uh, that trivia question took on another life. I didn't see that coming. But hey, that's what happens here on the Fred Minnick show. I just 
I kind of go wherever I go, and uh, that's that. So thanks for listening. Make sure you're clicking subscribe and uh, give us a nice review while you're at it. Uh, You can find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, YouTube, Facebook. I mean, we're all over the place. And next week's guest is Ashley McBride. Now, she won... She won uh, New Musician of the Year at the Country Music Awards in 2019. And I actually didn't even know what qualified as a new musician. So she helped educate me on that, amongst other things. So Ashley McBride, one of these incredible talents in country music, joins us next week. So that'll do it for this week. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Just search for my name, Fred Minnick. And a big thanks out to the team, especially Pamela Fur. Hang in there, Pamela. We're all going to get through this. Cheers, everybody. And remember, it's very important that you know to not lick handrails, don't lick trash cans, and vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Be safe out there. Cheers. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by The Beeline. Visit findyoursippingpoint.com, by Michter's American Whiskies, by 291 Colorado Whiskey, and by Rackhouse Whiskey Club. Enter Fred at checkout to save $25. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, go to fredminnick.com.